This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. everyone and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial Podcast. Today we are going to be talking all things WandaVision. My goodness, this show was wild. And I have my boyfriend Mike here. We're going to just talk about our favorite moments and just pretty much anything that comes to mind with this series. Also, I do want to say I am going to have a giveaway going on. So if you want to check out my Instagram handle, that is Saturday Morning Serial underscore podcast. Also on Twitter, it's morning. On Twitter, it's at Serial Saturday. So make sure you subscribe and follow, do whatever, and I will be making that announcement shortly. So without further ado, let's get into it. We sat down and we talked about episodes one and two when the series first dropped. And that is episode two of the Saturday Morning Serial podcast. So I implore you to check that out. And After these two episodes, it just took off from there. Episode three, it just kept going with just the different television show themes. And it was titled Now in Color. And it's basically Wanda is speeding up time, which we do learn. She can just snap her fingers and things happen. And then in this episode, she, like I said, she's pregnant. And this pregnancy goes so fast. And for me, it almost felt like it was like Twilight where Bella was just, you know, she got pregnant and had the kid within like weeks. And that's what it was. She ended up having twins. Their names are Tommy and Billy. And they just instantly start growing too. (laughs) And I do have to shout out Daddy Vision for the win. He is fantastic. So Mike, what did you think of episode three? Just with the whole time, her manipulating time to just... You know, get pregnant, have the babies. Um, well, she saved herself a lot of morning sickness and all those symptoms. And it kind of helped get the pace, the, the real meat and potatoes of the show going, which is really about Wanda and her family inside this alternate reality. So it, it got the show, it, it was really a, a kick in the butt. It got the show really on pace of what it should be. Yeah, and it's interesting that they explored this family dynamic with her and Vision and Because let's be real here, Vision, they can't procreate, they can't have kids. So immediately you know that these babies were placed in her life just by some extraterrestrial type of force, I guess. (laughs) We still don't know their exact origin, even with the series concluding as it did, because everyone else inside of uh, Westview has an identity previous to the bubble happening. But uh, everyone except Agatha and, of course, twins. But the twins, as far as S.W.O.R.D. and the FBI goes, they they are one's own. So how Wanda was actually able to create life or if she stole it from some other source or if it wasn't her at all who did it, we don't know yet. Yeah, and then in this episode, we are also introduced to Monica who she seems like a friend to Wanda, but then she starts slowly questioning things. And Wanda gets very defensive and basically casts Monica out, pretty much out of the whole realm of Westview. Westview. And that's where the episode ends. But also with this episode, we see Agatha, who is just like acting so bff towards Wanda with the baby. She's like, oh, let me hold the babies. And I just want to take a side note. At this point, Agatha is so immune to the fact that Wanda can just make things appear. It's still Agnes at this point. Agnes. Oh, yeah, it's still Agnes. <laughs> so that leads us into episode four, Back to Reality. And we are introduced to Monica, who she really is. Yes, I believe we, we start the episode with her coming back from the snap. Mm-hmm. We start off at her inside of the hospital at her mother's bedside. And of course, five years have passed and her mother has since recovered and died from cancer. And 
she uh, she kind of doesn't know what time it is or where she is or anything. And she takes a couple moments to grasp what's really happening to her. And she heads back to the sword base. And, of course, now this new man is in charge called Hayworth. They have stopped, like, watching and investigating sentient weapons. And now they've started building sentient weapons. And the entire purpose of sword has changed. Yeah, and we find out, too, that... After the events of Endgame, which, by the way, I really liked how they tied in like this series into that whole timeline that it pretty much picks up after Endgame. You know, people come back and like we, like Mike said, Monica comes back and her mother is gone, unfortunately. But then later on, we do realize that they picked up the body of Vision and they make it sound like Wanda stole him and that she's the bad guy. We are introduced to Darcy who's brought in from the Thor movies. I yes. thought I, I like her. She's <laughs> We love we love Darcy. So Sword kind of just grabs a bunch of scientists because they don't really understand what's happening with the Westview and this bubble. They have of course Jimmy Wu investigating a missing person's case who is under witness protection and the Suddenly, all the people going into Westview, they, they don't come back. So Jimmy Woo and, and Darcy and everyone try to get a, a foothold on what's happening here. And it's Darcy who makes the breakthrough and decides to set up a TV, of all things, mm-hmm. for the uh, radio waves that are emitting from the bubble, from the dome. And what we what we do actually find out at this point is that Wanda is broadcasting her sitcom life into the outside world at this point. And this is kind of how Darcy and Hayward and Jimmy Wu kind of understand what she really is doing. I really like, too, how Darcy just gets sucked into the <laughs> the whole sitcom. She's a fan, but then she also is like, oh, wait, hang on. We need to figure this out. (laughs) So this episode really gives us a look into what's happening outside of Westview. Them just trying to figure out how this whole town got trapped. It starts to really explain some of the origins of the questions we've had at this point. Mm -hmm. For example, the beekeeper coming in was actually a man, a sword agent in a hazmat suit. And the helicopter that Wanda finds was actually an old drone. Yeah, they start sending in things to try to break through the barrier to get to Wanda. And they try drones. And they also, with Darcy's knowledge with wavelengths, they do try to communicate with her through radio. But she freaks out. (laughs) When we resume the episode... The actual episode inside of Westview, where Wanda is, of course, caring for her children uh, after giving birth to them and kicking Monica out. Just for a split second, Wanda loses her concentration and Vision calls to her and he turn- she turns around and realizes that Vision has been dead this whole time. Oh, yeah. Not, well, not that he's been... We find out later that he hasn't been dead this whole time, but she's in a, he's in a, a projection of her memory of him. Mm-hmm. So at that point, she was remembering that he had, of course, died at the hands of Thanos and herself twice. So it, it was a very shocking moment, and it really really adds gravity to the show, and it was it was the hook for me that really got me into the show. Yeah, I think, wasn't that the end of, that was at the end of episode three, right? With, I think, I want to say it was four. Yeah, it was, it was around there. And yeah, that part was how she just looked back and him as we have, we saw him in Infinity War, like deceased. That part was like, creeped me out. <laughs> I was like, no. This leads us into episode five, which is called on a very special episode. And we just get another glimpse into their family life with the boys growing faster. We start seeing that they have powers. One can run fast. Like Uncle Quicksilver. Yep. Uncle Petro. And Juan has powers similar to Wanda. 
it's just for me, I just get such a dash and violet from the Incredibles vibe from that. <laughs> and their neighbor, like I, like we said earlier, Agnes, she is very oblivious to the fact that these people have powers like she just doesn't care. She overlooks it, which makes her even more suspicious as we come to find out in the end here. Through this episode, Vision is very, very suspicious about the happenings of his life, and he starts questioning Wanda. Yeah, I I want to say at either in this episode or at some point before this episode, he had been at his job computing, and he's just like, what am I doing here? Like, what do we actually do? And they're just like, oh, we, we do computers. That's what we do here. You, you really talk to the computers. You're good at this job. And he... He kind of is, like, questioning his very existence and what what's outside of Westfield. Yeah, so Vision just starts getting very, very suspicious with Wanda. And Wanda, of course, is just very defensive. You're my husband, and I love you. And, and then she, like, diverts that, and then she just addresses the boys. She's like, oh, everything's fine, Vision. Boys? And he's just like, hmm. But what are the boys up to? The boys... The boys are- find a dog. Boys find an adorable little dog that they dub Sparky after he causes an electrical shortage near an outlet. Yeah. Oh, and it's really cute because Wanda's like, a dog is, you know, you need to take care of it. And oh, and, and then she just, you know, wants to keep the dog. So they get a dog. I love, like I said, I love Daddy Vision and I just love him with the boys. I just, I never knew I needed to see Vision as a dad in my life, the way they presented this in the series. They're like, Dad, we got a dog. Just, I don't know. I'm fangirling at this point. The dog, the dog runs away mm-hmm. and escapes. And who is it that finds the dog? Agnes. Agnes. And of course, our sweet little Sparky has passed mm. on. He's deceased. He's deceased. And it's almost as if Agatha, as if Agnes is Uh trying to egg Wanda on to try to demonstrate her powers. Oh, yeah. Because Agnes is just like, oh, you can just bring it back. You can bring things back to life. Can't you? Can't Mm -hmm. you do that? And Wanda turns this into a teaching moment with the boys saying, you really can't bring things back and you have to move on with your grief. And of course, the audience roll our eyes because of all people saying that it's one Maximoff who has enslaved the whole entire town of people and brought vision back to life and very hypocritical of her. Yeah, I mean, I really do like Wanda as a mother, but this whole time she's just a hypocrite. And I think that's just what makes this show so powerful is just you want to know what keeps happening next. And Elizabeth Olsen's, I'm going to take a moment here, Elizabeth Olsen's performance in this whole series. Outstanding. The way she can go from zero to a hundred so fast. And she can go from being a mom, a wife, whatever, to this almost villainous role. And towards the end, it's just, she's fantastic. I, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about her performance at all in this whole show. I mean, she was really given such a range of emotions to portray on this show from, you know, everything that an actor will do throughout their entire career. Elizabeth Olsen got inside of a nine-episode show. So, like, the fancy, the funny sitcom stuff and the dramatic stuff and the, the bigger action scenes, like, she does it all so perfectly. Well, and I know when I got into The Avengers, when we first met, um, our first Comic-Con, you were like, oh, you know, you want to cosplay Scarlet Witch? And I was like, okay. And she wasn't really that popular. And I remember when we sat down and watched the movies, I'm like, why doesn't she have more of a following, like a fan? Because she's powerful. Like, she is nuts in these Avengers movies. Like, she could take out, like, she was so mad in Endgame. She could have taken out Thanos if she had the chance by herself. And this is what the show, this is what she needed. Elizabeth Olsen is trending on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. I mean... She's popular now. and She I, is the popular Olsen sister now. Is she? Yep. She's the superior Olsen. <laughs> and yeah, we were saying Comic-Con is just going to probably be everybody dressed up as her end costume, <laughs> which yeah, is I great. Mean, you go you go to 
Comic-Con, specifically after, like, Suicide Squad came out and everyone was Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Everyone, or after The Dark Knight came out, everyone was dressing up as the Joker. But now everyone is going to be Wanda Maximoff in her Sokovian fortune teller outfit or Vision in his wrestling costume. Yeah. I mean, it. It's just it's just so simple and it conveys so much and it's just relatable to us. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see when cons open back up. So yeah, speaking of Vision's wrestling costume, that leads us into episode six. But before we transition into that, episode five is left with a cliffhanger by somebody at the door. Wanda yes. answers the door and it's... Well, we got to talk about this the first, like, real conflict in the show that happens oh, between yeah. Vision and Wanda. Mm-hmm. Because Vision is very curious about what's happening here, and he's wondering if Wanda is in charge of everything and, and what her role in everything is. And they, of course, start fighting, but in a metaphorical slamming of the door, Wanda just starts playing the credits. Oh, yeah. The, the sitcom credits over the fight and it's really jarring as an audience member because we're used to our credits rolling and you take a break but now the credits are rolling and it's over everything and we're still trying to watch and envelop what's happening Mm -hmm. and of course the doorbell rings suddenly and who's at the door pietro but it is not well i don't know and then you know it ends on a Darcy going, they recasted Pietro? Yes. And Mike, can you tell us about this character in this show? So, originally, back when Avengers Age of Ultron was announced, they announced that they were bringing in the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver characters to join the Avengers. And at that time, um, Fox had wasn't owned by Disney and actually had had their own X-Men characters of their own. And they, of course, also had the rights to X- to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. So as soon as Disney made a move on Quicksilver, Fox was just like, oh yeah, we'll take that too. We'll, we'll take one of those. And they cast their own Quicksilver to be played by Evan Peters. And he, of course, appears in... X-Men Days of Future Past, and X-Men Apocalypse, and even has a cameo in Deadpool. Of course, Marvel casts Aaron Tyler Johnson to play Quicksilver, and he, of course, appears only in the one Marvel movie, Age of Ultron. So, and what's funny is that they had both appeared in this movie called Kick-Ass. So, these two actors play the same character, and it comes in the two movies, are owned by different studios, and then they come out around the same time, and then all, and then suddenly, of all of the all the streams to cross, Evan Peters shows up playing his version of Quicksilver on WandaVision, <laughs> and it just blew up the internet. I mean, I had people, I had people I rarely rarely talk to texting me asking me what I think is happening because it it just broke everyone's mind about what the possibilities of this sort of supporting one episode role mean. Yeah, and then so that leads us into episode six, All New Halloween Spooktacular. This episode was actually one of the most marketed episodes when it comes to the merch because before the series even dropped, we had Wanda and Vision in their Halloween costume, Funko Pops, we had pins, we had the t-shirts. So I feel like this was a very most anticipated episode for the series. And Vision actually gets his time to shine in this episode. Yeah, this is very much a Vision-centric episode as he kind of sets off on his own Mm -hmm. um, outside of Wanda's knowledge to discover really what's outside of Westview. Even going to the point where he goes near the edge of the dome and he just sees all these people kind of caught in almost like a stasis repeating either the same action or stuck in the same pose or not moving at all. Yeah, he finds Agnes at a stop sign and she's just staring. And then he is able to... Kind of, he kind of snaps her out of it using his, his powers. He kind of awakens her mind. And she, of course, is very much panicked and she wants out 
and she wants to know who's behind everything. So Vision, of course, takes flies to the the barrier of the dome, and he attempts to go outside. And this is the part where he can see Sword. Sword coming in, yeah. And it is. We have to know too. At this point, this is the part where Monica, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy are banished from Sword because they're just defying their orders, whatever. Darcy actually gets captured by them because she stays behind and gets chained to a car. So Vision can see her, and they I feel like they instantly kind of had a sense of, like, they knew who each other were, they were, but he Vision knew Darcy wanted to help him, and he just looked her dead in the eye. So this part, this episode, was kind of, like we said, Vision setting out on his own, but we learn he cannot live outside of Wanda's powerful oh. bubble. Yeah. And that that's kind of like a turning point too, because it's like in the end, you know that she has to potentially lose vision, lose her kids to this. And ultimately Wanda finds out through her kids, one of her kids can see vision in trouble and she can see vision trying to escape. So she freaks out and expands her bubble even further taking in all the sword agents, all the vehicles, changing them all into circus, like circus performers, clowns, vehicles, etc., including Darcy. That's kind of where the episode ends. Yeah, it but is. We haven't even discussed what Wanda and her new um, brother and mm-hmm. the twins were up to this episode. Yeah, there's, actually, there's two major parts to this episode. You know, you got Vision's story part. And then Wanda and her brother, they take the kids out to the Halloween festivities. And Pietro, you know, he's just being this really typical cool uncle to the boys, you know, encouraging them to use their powers. So he's he's kind of like they're taking the kids out and they're trick-or-treating. And Pietro is kind of like questioning mm-hmm. Wanda. And Wanda is very much suspicious of Pietro. And they kind of realize that they're their memories of childhood don't line up. So you really start to question who is this guy who is pretending to be Quicksilver. Wanda, well, he actually says, because Wanda is showing much concern for Vision, he kind of butts in and is like, well, what's he going to do, die again? That's it. Yeah. So at that point, it's kind of like a breaking point for Wanda, and she just whips him across the, the town square into some some pumpkins and some... Stacks, mm-hmm. and we don't see him again for another couple episodes. So Wanda takes her kids out, and they're using their powers, and they go trick or treating, and she uncovers from I believe it's Herb, her one of her her town's friends, Herb, that Vision actually lied to her about being on the neighborhood watch patrol, and he's out doing his own thing. And then Vision goes outside the. The, the portal, the uh, the bubble, and that's where we end this highly mm-hmm. ex- exciting episode. This was probably one of my favorite episodes. And, yeah, it like I said, it, it ends with the sword agents. Except for Monica and Wu. They are spared. And Monica's trying to find a way to safely get into the bubble. And I do want to note that Vision was not in his wrestling costume the whole time trying to escape. <laughs> it was just a temporary thing to please Wanda. But it was funny when him coming down the stairs all, what am I? <laughs> After that exciting episode, we are into episode seven, which is Breaking the Fourth Wall. And this episode is a reality television series type of show. I wouldn't go to say that it's a reality type. Oh. I would say it's more akin to the sitcoms of the 2010s and, and 2000s where oh, the yeah. like modern family like where the cam where the camera crew and the, the crew was actually physically there and the camera styles are more janky and unfocused and more realistic and it's shot like, like a like a documentary but it's it's mm-hmm. really not so of course this episode contains parts where characters will look directly at the camera or interviews, or something funny will happen, and we'll just look at the camera and be like, oh, why is this happening to me? Well, and I do think this is an episode we kind of needed just to deflate from the past, like, one or two episodes, because this is probably one of the more 
humorous episodes, I would say. And Wanda, she is visibly losing it. She's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's taking like a little quarantine break. You know, she wakes up and she's she's not going to put on makeup or, or or her clothes, and she just she just wants the boys to go off and play. You know, she wants Wanda time. She doesn't care where Vision's at. Yeah, she like, doesn't care. If, her, if your dad doesn't want to be here, then whatever type of thing. So that leads us into Vision. He's still striking out on his own, trying to get answers. And he recognizes Darcy at the circus. And he uses his powers to bring Darcy's mind back. And together they go into a car, they drive away, and Darcy comes clean to Vision with what happened to him, what's going on. So finally Vision knows exactly what happened. She tells Vision that he, of course, was an Avenger and that he had the Mind Stone and that Thanos came, but Wanda stopped Thanos by killing him, but then Thanos rewound time, and then Vision died again for real, and that everyone was snapped away to, well, half the population of the universe was snapped away. So she kind of catches Vision up on all of phase three for Marvel. So and, it, far. and at this point too, you just feel really bad for vision. I, he's the victim in all this. I feel terrible for him. And this, and I also want to give a shout out to Paul Bettany. He's great. You know, just he, I told him once, and I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast episode when I met him, I was like, you are so majestic. And he was like, thank you. But I can't think of any other word other than like majestic. Yeah, when Astute. I, when, we saw, when we saw him, I mean, he looked like a blonde beetle. He looked like 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 Ringo Starr or something. He just looked really savvy and 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 slick and cool. And he had, like he looked great. And it was funny how they did do, they did the interview thing with him outside of the van, and he's like, "Wait a minute, who am I talking to? What am I doing?" And then he like gets up and walks away. That part was really funny. We have to talk about this, how they use this kind of like different narrative interview style to forward the plot because mm-hmm. Wanda is, of course, by herself and she's having all sorts of issues with her alternate reality. Like the milk keeps changing, the cereal keeps mm-hmm. changing, the TV, the furniture, it all keeps changing back through the different eras of television. So she sits down and she does one of these like interviews and she's like, I'm just, I'm just really losing it. I'm not having a good day. And someone from behind the camera goes, do you think you're getting what you deserve? And she's just like, wait, who said that? And you don't really know how seriously to take it. You don't know if it's a joke or if it's really something sinister talking to Wanda. Oh yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah. the interviewer all like yeah it's uncomfortable i do have to say like the parts with wanda in this episode are very uncomfortable and meanwhile we got monica trying to break through and she succeeds eventually she does she does come through and early, she gets in this like vehicle and she tries to break through but it doesn't work and the vehicle ends up melting but She's been in, inside and outside of the dome so much that Darcy and Sword are telling her that her DNA is mutating and mutating into something else. So she basically just runs into the dome and finally mutates into a new form. And if, you've, if you're familiar with Marvel Comics, you'll know that Monica Rambeau has taken up several different aliases and alternate names and superior identities you know she's known as photon and as captain marvel sometimes she's known as spectrum so she comes through this dome and she kind of just like splits into these different spectrums of who she is you know it shows her as the as the 70s neighbor Geraldine, and shows her in her military uniform and she kind of starts splitting into these different forms and when she emerges on the inside of the dome, she finally snaps back together and she is kind of seeing the different spectrums of light around her and energy, electricity. She's seeing everything and her eyes start glowing. 
Yeah, I do have to say that part. I wish they would have explained it a little more because I was confused. <laughs> and I know um, a couple people, too, I was talking to about, and they were like, I don't, we don't understand how she got that power. So I, I kind of wish they explained that part a little more. And I, I would like to have seen more mm-hmm. Monica. Who she is, you know, just everything. I'm sure we'll get more of Monica in um, Captain Marvel, Marvel too. Yeah, I hope so. So we get to the end of this episode, which yeah. is everybody's favorite part. And it's basically Wanda. Agnes is watching the boys and she goes over to pick them up and they're not there. Yeah. And we finally have a confrontation between Monica and Wanda. Yes. And Wanda kind of recognizing Monica as the person, Geraldine, and who she flung out of the, mm-hmm. the bubble. So Agnes shows up and kind of pulls Wanda away. She breaks up their argument. She breaks up their yeah. argument. But Wanda goes pretty crazy on Monica. Mm-hmm. And it is this at this time where Monica demonstrates her powers. And she does the superior landing thing, and she's kind of like... Not as easily manipulated physically from Wanda. But Agnes comes up and she splits up the fight and they go back to Agnes's house mm-hmm. and Monica. And Wanda just wants to know, where are my children? So Agnes leads her through the house, down to the basement, and into a dark dungeon. Circled around the perimeter are runes. Runes, yeah. We later find out she is... Agatha Harkness. And we are presented with the most catchiest jingle of the century. It's number one on iTunes. Agatha all along. I killed Sparky too. Yes. So uh, Wanda goes down into this dungeon and it looks like it's operating outside of the dome just because the way the the aspect ratio of of our television switches to a more Mm -hmm. widescreen like IMAX format. Yeah. And we have this deep, dark book sitting on this shelf, and it looks like it's something right out of Hogwarts. It looks like something Doctor Strange would find in his library. So she shows up, and she can't... Wanda shows up in this dungeon, and she can't find her children. And there's where Agnes reveals herself as Agatha Harkness, and that she, of course, another magic user... But Wanda doesn't know anything about magic. So she's like, there's no such thing as magic. Wanda Wanda is captured by Agnes, and that's where we end the episode. Is this the episode where Agnes calls her the Scarlet Witch, too? Or is that the... Okay, it's the next. One thing, as a fellow rabbit owner, is Agatha has a rabbit. Senior Scratchy. Senior Scratchy. And everybody thinks it's, like, her dead husband or just... A force, even a villain. There's theories that it could be Mephisto. So we don't know. But we don't really see him after this episode. And I'm like, where'd the bunny go? And I just really want to know how in the world they were able to get that rabbit to stay so calm in her arms. Because as a rabbit owner, my rabbits are squirmy. (laughs) I was jealous. (laughs) But I appreciate that a villain finally has a rabbit sidekick because, yes, cats are overrated. Cats are overrated, yeah. She's, she's, <laughs> she's very much stroking the rabbit in a way that a Bond villain would, would pet their cat. Or Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. <laughs> I love it. So a series wouldn't be completed without an episode dedicated to flashbacks, and this is exactly what this next episode is. It's called Previously On, and it starts with Agatha in the middle of a witch trial. Yes, these Salem witch trials. And it's not the villagers and the goodies who are holding <laughs> Agatha captive and burning her at a stake. It is her own witch's coven, led by her mother. Mm-hmm. And they are, of course, holding her accountable for using forbidden magic. So the, the witches attempt to kill her with... Their their blue magic. All all the magic on the show has like, like a different color representing the different type. So the the witches all use their blue magic, and Agnes just kind of like absorbs it, and starts draining the life force out of all the other witches with her purple magic. 
So Witch is dying, and Agatha is kind of like left to cause havoc throughout all of history now. Yeah, and so basically that was that. We find out what she's all about. And we are back into where we left off in the previous episode. And Agatha starts showing Wanda basically her past, figuring out how she got the power. And we just see a ton of flashbacks. We see her as a kid. We see her with her brother. We see them, their parents dying. We see her in the Hydra laboratory. And we see Loki's staff and then the Mind Stone. Well, that's a recipe for power. (laughs) Yes. So everyone else who has been experimented on by this Mind Stone has died. But somehow Wanda and the Mind Stone are able to communicate. The Mind Stone kind of gives Wanda a vision of this glowing, witch-like figure. Wanda kind of, from that point forward, is bestowed with her chaos magic. And then we see the events of Ultron. And then we see her and Vision sharing a very tender moment. Yes, right after losing her brother. Oh, that was so... That was something we needed. Yes. It was great. I mean, just to see the dynamic of them was just great. And then we see, unfortunately, the events of after Endgame, when she comes back, she is desperate to find Vision. She wants to give Vision a funeral. And she goes into S.W.O.R.D. and... They have his body, and it's really shocking how he how she finds him. He, she he's like completely dismembered, and she tries to bring him back in a desperate manner, but can't. It's really sad. I I did not like that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great, but it's really depressing at the same time. And then we finally come to fruition that you know she in her grief. She just built up this town, Westview, which is very interesting to note that that she had a paper with a plot. And it looks like Vision and her had a house picked out there. So that's where she goes to. And then she just builds this community under her rule, I guess you want to call it. Also to note at the end of this episode, after we figure out all these events, how it all puzzled together. We go back to S.W.O.R.D. and they actually have a vision. They have a new form of vision. They've reconstructed vision. They've uh, dissected them and they've put them back together into this new white form. And he, of course, is reprogrammed to find and destroy your vision, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, the one that we know from inside Westview. Yeah, and this is a big marketing thing, too, for Disney. We have a Funko Pop pre-ordered. It's it's We do. (laughs) And Walmart had the exclusive. But one thing I didn't notice, though, is like this Funko Pop is supposed to glow blue, but he didn't glow blue, or did I miss something? He he glows blue. Does he? I See, I don't know. His eyes are blue. Yeah. And his his mind stone replacement is blue. I could have used a little more of that vision. I thought it was cool, but I'll get back into that in a second. And that leads us into the season finale, which was something everybody was looking forward to. This is where all the, you know what, hits the fan. And I just want to take a second here also to shout out Catherine freaking Han. She is fantastic as this crazy lunatic villain. She is, hands down, she's got this part down as a witch, as just crazy. And she's likable. That's... (laughs) That's what I like. She's got a personality. (laughs) So this finale was just so emotional on so many levels. And everything basically comes to light. You You have Wanda fighting Agatha and then Vision fighting the White Vision. Because overall, Agatha shamed her basically into freeing the people of Westview. So Scarlet Witch opens up the void. So that results in the sword agents being able to infiltrate. That means that the white vision is able to come in and fight Wanda's vision. So we got Wanda's vision. Wanda's vision. That is her vision. vision. (laughs) So we got the two visions fighting and then we got Agatha and Wanda fighting and the boys. Well, they're just kind of sticking around. Monica's actually on their team. So she's kind of, also being a protector of sorts to the boys. Yes, Monica helps the boys deal with Hayward and the military. 
So this whole fight between Wanda and Agatha, this actually was great because Wanda actually tricks her. Wanda really grasps the facts and the knowledge that Agatha presented to her in like the previous episodes. And she was able to create a rune around their fight. So Agatha couldn't use her powers. And so we were like, oh, yeah, Wanda, you are smart. Like, you go. <laughs> yeah, Wanda finally demonstrates a basic level um, understanding of magic and creates these runes so that Agnes can't use her powers anymore. And she decides that the best punishment for Agnes is to, of course, trap her in that personality that she created, the noisy neighbor. Yeah, and then I'm going to go back to the Vision thing, how both Visions are fighting, but then Vision that Wanda created, he was able to access the new White Vision's mind and his memories. So he gains control of that. That part for me was a little gray area because I, like, they didn't really explain what happened to the White Vision per se. Like, all of a sudden there's just one Vision again. I don't... Well... Vision is a lot of different things, and yeah. that's kind of what they end the episode on, is what is Vision. But back to my point, is that Vision was, of course, part Ultron, part Bruce Banner, part mm -hmm. Tony Stark, part Mindstone. He was all of these things put together. So when he is finding this Vision, who is very pretty much evenly matched, he has to outthink him. And the way he does that is that he proposes that or if your prime directive is to destroy Vision, how do you know that I'm really Vision if you're Vision? Like, if you're, if you go to an art gallery and you slowly replace a, a, sculpt, a sculpture, you know, or a piece of art or a boat that they use in this example, like, is it a hundred years down the line when you've replaced the whole thing, is it still that original boat or sculpture? Yeah. So they come to an understanding and Vision is able to access White Vision's mind and implant his memories into White Vision. But this Vision doesn't have the Mind Stone. Mm. He doesn't have all these things that made Vision Vision. So... He's kind of very cold and calculated, and he doesn't very much feel emotions. So he kind of just flies off, and we're, we're very much left wondering what what he's going to do with his new understanding. Yeah, and I've I've read um, theories on the internet, actually just as early as this morning, that maybe he, he could fly off and find some help. He could try to find, like, Bruce or Tony, who Tony's dead, so that would be devastating. Maybe he'll turn up in Doctor Strange, too. We don't know. But this all eventually ends with them winning and the family dynamic is there. Like, it's great. And the kids, they use their powers to their advantage. And then Wanda transforms into the Scarlet Witch. New costume. Everybody's going crazy about it. It's fantastic. Yeah, she's able to it's... absorb um, Agnes's magic and kind of become her full self and mm -hmm. transform into this prophesized being, the Scarlet Witch, which Agnes says is doomed to end the world. Yeah. So after after the, the big battle concludes and Hayward is taken down by Darcy, mm -hmm. of all people, <laughs> Scarlet Witch very much just leaves Westview and goes back to her... And, well, before she leaves, she goes back to her, her little home as the dome is kind of succeeding in. And she's uh, she's very much, it's a very sad moment where she says goodnight to her boys. And you know that the boys aren't going to wake up in the morning because they're going to disappear with the dome. Yeah, like there's there was a moment where I actually thought that they like she was just going to ignore it. Like she's keeping her family, whatever. She won. Agatha's gone, whatever. But you do realize it's just this melancholy feeling going on. The boys, you know, Vision and her are going back to their home. They're going to they're gonna tuck the boys in. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, because there's a part where you can see, like, the red sparkles outside the window. And that's when I knew. I was like, oh, she's giving it up. She's going to do it. She's doing this. So that part was really sad. And I, that clicked with me that this is the last time she's seeing her boys. This is in her and Vision's goodbye. 
forget about it. <laughs> it's, it's very sad. Yeah. So that leads, um, that's it. That's roll credits for the most part. Yes, but this is Marvel. And what does Marvel have? An end, end credit scene. End credits, yes. So our first end credit scene is Monica inside of Eastview now. Now it has been restored to its uncharmed version of itself. Um, Monica is greeted by some sword or military friends who say that they want to speak to her inside the movie theater. So Monica goes inside this movie theater and it is revealed that her military friends were, of course, scrolls from the likes of Captain Marvel. Scroll! <laughs> yes. Her friends were scrolls all along. So her scroll friend tells her that she was a friend of her mother's and that the big boss wants to meet her up in outer space. So she is, of course, referring to Nick Fury, who is as we saw at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, up in outer space somewhere, um, kind of overseeing sort. Yeah, and I think that's just going to be a really good intro into Captain Marvel too, which I am, I'm actually <laughs> looking forward to that movie very much. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great uh, actors already given parts in that movie. It's going to be very diverse, which is fantastic. I'm a really, I, I'm a fan of one of the, it hasn't been confirmed by Marvel yet, but rumored actresses that it's going to be a villain. But yeah, so now we're going to talk about the end end credit scene, which has everybody talking on the internet right now. And it, for me, it kind of had a Thanos feeling at the end of Infinity War. The peaceful feeling, the... The end of uh, like a huge conflict. Yeah, and it has the conflict person just sitting there peacefully minding their own business and you know we're like oh poor wanda like you know she's just making herself some tea it's got nothing nope she's sitting there with her book <laughs> the agatha devil book <laughs> yeah wanda has somehow either through like astral projection or almost like a loki type magic created this doppelganger of herself that is kind of walking around the cabin you know for anyone who could be watching her, Sword or possibly Doctor Strange or some other Avengers, whoever it may be, they can look at this cabin, they can see Wanda's just kind of there chilling with her teeth. But we go inside the, the bedroom of the house and we see Wanda in her full Scarlet Witch garb reading the Darkhold book, mm -hmm. almost kind of like absorbing its information. Really absorbing it. And she just has this kind of like villainous look on her face. And out of nowhere, we hear a familiar voice calling out to her. And it's her kids. It's her kids. So we think there's a motive going on that she wants to try to figure out a way to not do what she did before, but something similar to bring her kids back. And what, this is probably the lead into Doctor Strange 2. Yes, the lead into Doctor Strange 2. So we're, we're in what, phase four of Marvel right now, going yes. into phase five. So... Going forward, I mean, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier starting in two weeks, which we think that's going to be a pretty much like black and white story. There's not going to be any multiverse thing, funny it's, business going on there. It's I mean, not going to excite us the way that WandaVision did with the multiple theories or possibilities yeah. that we could come up with with what could happen. And then we got Loki, which is going to be a crazy... It's going to be a ride, I think. <laughs> it's going to be Marvel's answer to Rick and Morty. I'm so excited. It's not even funny. And then we got Doctor Strange 2, Thor Love and Thunder, Captain Marvel 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Mania. But what's what's next? Is it Doctor Strange 2 movie-wise? The next movie to come out is actually going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, okay. Um, there's a lot of rumor casting about that movie. Mm -hmm, and, yeah. You know, take it with a grain of salt, but... It will probably deal with the after effects of what had happened in Westview from a more global perspective. Do you think Doctor Strange <laughs> will appear in that one? Oh, yeah. Doctor Strange is uh, kind of set to play like an Iron Man role type. Okay. Like an overseeing. Well, you kind of have to think about what Kevin Feige said when he originally pitched the, well, told the world the, the idea of these 
interconnected TV shows to go along with the movies is that, you know, he, he's not going to make it so that you have to subscribe to Disney Plus to follow the movies and, and vice versa. So yeah. if you think about, like, the grand scale of, like, big things that will happen inside the Marvel Universe, I don't think it's ever going to happen on a TV show. I think that the TV shows are very much um, going to be smaller stories with with deep character moments and character-driven plots. And, you know, they're kind of like companions to, to the movie. So this WandaVision will, of course, be a companion to Doctor Strange 2, but you won't have to see WandaVision to understand Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, and that's great because I feel like a lot of these characters do deserve these, like, one-on-one moments. It's kind of like um, like with the Toy Story series, how we had the shorts and the specials and it focused on one character. I like that aspect because it gives you more depth and then it, it connects bridges between each movie. But it's like Mike said, you don't have to watch the show to you know understand the movie. So it's an exciting future ahead for Marvel. And I am very, very, very excited. Okay, yeah, so some pros and cons. Some pros, the acting. Yes. yes. Like we said, Elizabeth Olsen, great. Paul Bettany, great. Catherine Hahn, loved her. Oh my gosh. Kat Dennings, you rock. We love you. Can't forget about uh, the actor who played Jimmy Woo, who had become like a huge fan favorite. Oh yeah. <laughs> Randall Parks, I believe. From Ant-Man. Yes. Can um, you teach me that magic trick? <laughs> I really, you know, I really wasn't like overly excited or blown away or kind of I didn't feel very much anything about this Hayward character I felt he was very much underwhelming like he was kind of underused in my opinion yeah I agree I feel like we needed more of the reason behind his motive of wanting to like take in Wanda as like a prisoner because obviously there's something wrong with her and that's ultimately what Monica has decided in the end that she can relate to Monica in terms of grief and loss And she turns from wanting to, you know, like, defeat Wanda to helping her. But we don't understand why Hayward wants to, like, take her as a prisoner. We just know that Hayward wants to take her out because he believes that it will end the fiasco with Westview. But as Agnes said, once the spell is cast, it it can never be, it can't be broken unless Mm -hmm. the original spellcaster takes it down. Hayward was very much interested in Vision, though. He wanted to rebuild Vision, and we we don't really, we're not very much made clear why he wanted to go in to Westfield, because he had his own vision vision. this entire time, yeah. So whether he thought that he could get a Mind Stone out of the situation is a possibility. I wonder if that's why. Maybe he thought that the Mind Stone was in that void. And ultimately, you know, people think he's the villain, like he's the big, and he's going to have like a bigger role in the future when it comes to being a villain. We don't know. Um, But also Monica, who was played by Tiana Paris, if I'm saying that right, um, sorry if I'm not, she was fantastic too. She, She really played a really dominant female character. I really did enjoy her as well. I can't think of anybody whose acting was... Everyone was great. I can't yeah, even, speak highly enough of it. <laughs> even though even the townsfolk who are like or smaller character actors, they all did great jobs doing the different eras of their yeah. character. I guess a lot of fans will complain about the kind of like missed opportunities of this show. And one of the big ones for me was throughout the show there was a there were there were two different storylines. There was a storyline of science and there was a storyline of magic. And at the end, we kind of saw these two stories butt heads, but they really didn't influence each other. Like, mm-hmm. Agnes is fighting Wanda, but then White Vision shows up, and it really doesn't foil her plan or alter her plan in any way, and she just continues doing her evil witchy stuff. And, you know, even with S.H.I.E.L.D., even with S.W.O.R.D. busting into this bubble, trying to... Um, free these people and and get vision under control you know they didn't really care about agnes kind of like throwing dark magic around oh yeah 
So what would have been really, really cool is if Wanda and Agnes kind of met like a stalemate and the, the two visions kind of met like a stalemate. And suddenly Wanda says, hey, Vision, let's switch. And then we saw Vision versus Agnes and Wanda versus Vision. That would have been really cool for just for just a moment to just intertwine the stories. Yeah, I can agree with that. Another thing, too, just this whole the story. The flow of the story, it was just, it it flowed so nicely together. The different eras of the film with the present story, the back and forth. Sometimes you get really choppy and it takes you out of whatever you're watching. And it wasn't like that at all in this whole series. Yeah, it very much had a great balance of uh, trying to balance everything happening inside of Westfield, everything happening outside of Westfield. Um, it was all balanced very nicely, and it was what was really great was episode four and how it broke the the sitcom trope for just an episode mm-hmm. and gave you an outside view of what was happening, and it finally jumped back into Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you're just like, oh, these stakes are real. These this, there's something seriously wrong here if all these people are involved. Yeah, and they did really great at just wanting you to keep learning more each week. Every time an episode ended, I was like, I can't wait for next week. Like, I need this new episode now. And just this whole series, it I, I feel like it should get some type of nomination. Yeah, I definitely will, will be happy if it's nominated for some acting awards because, as we, yeah. as we said previously... In visual effects. Visual vis- effects. Visual effects design. The credits were... Set decoration. Cr- yeah. Yeah, all the different sets in the for the house, they were all built meticulously, accurately to the era that they were from. We like the credits. The, the credit credits, scenes, the yes. visuals of that. Six minutes of credits every episode. <laughs> yeah. We watch them every time. Yeah, because they're, they're great. As is as, I'm a you know, as a design major, I mean I just I appreciated it so much. And it just the color scheme yeah. of this whole show. It was it went from like the black and white era to it, it, it represented the time period but then when you went into the present like episode four it was just that you know dark marvel-like feel to it i can't really describe it the darker tones and that's what i just I really oh man it was just so great this whole show i i can't think of just a couple minor things that you know some cons like like for me it was the vision thing like where did white vision go he just kind of pieced out and that was it also, the bunny. We don't know what happened to the bunny. What was with the bunny? I was and Monica's power. And Monica's power. Yeah, I'm sure you know all that will be explained except the bunny. Who knows about the bunny? I hope he's okay. But my biggest disappointment with the show would definitely be the Quicksilver character oh. because just of just the potential. I mean, if you're you cast a Marvel character and you get a previous. Marvel actor from another franchise to do it, and you're saying, oh, this is Quicksilver, this is the Quicksilver, this is the Quicksilver from X-Men, and then later you just reveal that it's some actor guy named Ralph Boner. Oh, yeah. And you're just very much disappointed. I didn't think of that. They were trying to be clever, but I don't think it worked. Yeah, I mean, it was a red herring, and, you know, it's, I don't like it. Yeah, now that you say that, I agree. You're not even familiar with the X-Men. I'm not. Movies. No, you had to tell me because everyone was freaking out. I'm like, why are we freaking out? Because I knew it wasn't her brother. I mean, I've seen Ultron, but I didn't know the the shocking part of it. The so implication. Yeah, the whoa part of it. <laughs> also, you know, like I said, Hayward really didn't do it for me. No. Like it was just he was just kind of like a generic bad guy who, yeah. who wants weapons and. I hope they either bring him back and they kind of redeem him and they give him more to latch on to, or they just kind of ignore him and, and move on. Maybe we'll see him again in Captain Marvel too. Maybe, hopefully. Because, yeah, there's so much potential. <clears throat> like, some of these characters has have so much potential to expand in this universe, like Monica, Hayward, and uh, even Darcy. I mean, she, in Thor... Then she just turns up in WandaVision, so who knows where she'll end up. Because she's now a big, bad doctor. We like her, and it's it's great. I hope she keeps helping. 
Maybe she'll be an Avenger one day. We'll see. (laughs) Who knows? Hope so. So I think that's it from us. I mean, I know this podcast is long, but we just we really enjoyed the show and we're sad it's over. But we are very excited for the future of these characters and to see where the story goes. This leads into Doctor Strange, too. So we'll be curious to see and hopefully it won't disappoint. So, well, I really appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Um, We're going to sit down and watch Raya. And that'll be the topic for next week. And like I said, I am going to have a giveaway going on. So make sure you stay tuned on Instagram and Twitter for more on that. And I hope you guys have a good week. And I will talk to you next. Bye.